The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Now, counterfeit goods are a big problem in the economy. Apparently, they cost the global economy over 300 billion US dollars a year. To talk about this, we've got the director of How to Buy Australian Made, Steve Eagle, on the line. Steve, good morning. Thanks for being on the program. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. So, counterfeit goods, where do they tend to manifest themselves and how do they enter the market? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, in terms of the types of things that are often counterfeited uh, in Australian-made products or uh, mimicking Australian-made products, uh, it's things like Aboriginal art, uh, interestingly, um, honey, uh, which is a really interesting one. A lot of the healthcare products use honey and, and uh, faking honey is very popular up in Asia. Um, pharmaceuticals and healthcare supplements. So that's one that should really concern most Australians. It's the uh, you know, authenticity of the quality of those goods, especially over the last couple of years. Um, Ike Boots has been in the news as well with their, uh, their ongoing um, IP struggles and the other companies faking their products. And then uh, food products, even including Australian beef, are also often uh, mislabeled or misrepresented in, in uh, other markets outside of Australia. Does it tend to be a problem more for people buying things overseas or can it pop up in Australian markets as well? Yeah, it definitely does pop up in Australian markets and this has got a lot to do with uh, you know consumers' move to online shopping, which we, we saw accelerate massively over the last 18 months. Um, as shoppers move to buy online, it becomes much harder for the shopper to identify uh, whether or not they're buying an authentic product. So in this way, it's a, a, an area rife for uh, counterfeiters to um, post product online or advertise product online that may look like the genuine article to the shopper. But uh, uh, unfortunately, when you receive the goods, you realise that the, the quality doesn't really ma- match up. What types of issues come up with counterfeit goods in terms of comparing them to the authentic thing? Where are the quality issues most likely? Yeah, great question. Um, in terms of um, the value proposition around counterfeiting, it's normally a pricing consideration. We can give you the, the representation of a product, but we can give it to you cheaper. So in terms of counterfeit, that's where the, uh, the, the money is made, is in reducing the quality of the materials and uh, reducing the, um, the way that the, uh, the, the product is manufactured. So it, it really affects the core values that the product has. Um, often, in, if you've picked up a counterfeit part or a counterfeit product, you'll realise very quickly that it doesn't always do its function as well as it should advertise it. So it might break early or, you know, the paint might start coming off or just be these little quality defects that start to arrive sooner. Uh, now, those things reduce the life cycle of the part, which often means the consumer needs to repurchase. Um, and obviously, therefore, you're, you're adding costing to the purchase. So, um, you know, while you think you're getting a good deal at the outset, um, it's measured that over time, you're more likely to buy two or three times the, uh, the dollar value through buying counterfeit um, as opposed to buying authentic Australian made. And when you look through online listings for a particular product, if you type in your brand name, you'll often see listings where it's uh, a few things where it's a similar price, but then there's usually one or two listings where the price is significantly cheaper than everything else. Is that a bit of a warning sign that it might be a counterfeit product? Yeah, exactly. It's a clear red flag, isn't it? And, and often you sort of think, oh, wow, you know, here's the half price one. That's a great deal. Um, but it's this old um, idiom, you know, if it's, if it's too good to be true, 
it's, there's usually a, a reason for that. Um, and in terms of counterfeit, as I said before, it comes down to quality. Now, there's other red flags that consumers can look for. Um, in terms of branding, uh, you can look at things like how the brand is applied to the product. Um, is it printed in the right way to the right size? Um, those are often the small mistakes that counterfeiters make. Um, things like uh, the famous brands that often get counterfeited, Louis Vuitton and these kind of things, you can often um, see the print register is not the same as the original goods print register. Um, it's very hard for counterfeiters to get those things right uh, in, a, in a way that they won't be directly challenged in law. So uh, in this way, that's the obvious way to look. There is also a myth out there that um, you can spot counterfeit goods by the last two digits of the barcode identifying the market that that product was made in. But unfortunately, that's not true. Uh, shoppers need to be a little bit more savvy and, and actually start identifying the details of the product that you're purchasing. And if you can find some material specification as well, then often you'll find that the materials are different. And are you saying that the counterfeiters use a different typeface or something when they put the logo onto the product because they want to avoid copyright infringement or uh, the penalties associated with counterfeiting or is it just that the technical craft associated with doing it properly is um, too difficult to replicate? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's more the, uh, the latter point there that um, it's, it's normally these bigger businesses that are, that are building product that's desirable enough to be counterfeited. Uh, they're normally quite well set up, right? They have good organizations, they have good training programs, they hire qualified staff, and so they get an excellent outcome in their production. Uh, with a counterfeiting operation, it's often the opposite. Money and, and every single cent is counted, um, and then they try and achieve what they can to bring a product to market. So it's often on uh, older technology equipment um, with lower skilled workers, um, inferior quality materials, and these sort of things become evident in the final outcome as well. Is there an obligation for these shopping websites like eBay and Amazon to crack down on counterfeit products on their platforms? Look, we would like to think so. And if you listen to the, uh, the administrators of those platforms and how they work in the market, they do have a focus on limiting um, counterfeit products. But really, um, their platforms are so big these days that it's impossible for them to monitor every listing. Um, so it's really the responsibilities fall back to the consumer uh, to do the due diligence before buying and, uh, and before actually putting your money out there um, to, to make sure that you are actually dealing with a reputable business, um, that you're getting the product, that the, you know, you're getting what it says on the can and that you are actually uh, spending your money in the right way to buy uh, the right quality and the right, uh, the right product from the right company. And I suppose part of the challenge might be that the photos of the product that you see on the actual listing aren't any resemblance to the final finished products. They may have got the photos from the actual correct and uh, authentic manufacturer, but that doesn't match the actual product you get when you get it actually shipped to you. Yeah, that's exactly right. We see this all the time. Um, unfortunately, I, I'm involved in uh, a lot of uh, eBay businesses and helping people who start uh, Amazon businesses and these sort of things. Um, we see it all the time with people buying product out of Asia. Their samples will look excellent, um, but then unfortunately when they receive inventory, uh, there's, uh, there's some problems, right? And, and often this is, um, you know, when, when people start an Amazon shop or, or something like that, 
uh, not all the time are these people experts in sourcing products. Um, they're doing it for the first time. They don't know what to look out for, and they themselves make the mistake of buying from a, a, a manufacturer who's not reputable. So, uh, so we help uh, people uh, learn how not to do those mistakes. Um, but the outcome of that is that um, those goods do then enter the market, and you often have a, a business owner or an entrepreneur trying to start a, an income stream who's kind of stuck then with this product that they can't uh, move, and, and they're trying to get rid of it. So in this way, while the platform do monitor that, and, and uh, Amazon's got an excellent um, IP registration process where you can register your brand and your trademark to, uh, to help Amazon identify if anybody's trying to copy you. Um, on the other hand, uh, it, it's still up to the consumer to highlight that to Amazon and say, hey, look, while I was shopping, I realized there was a counterfeit product. Um, and, you know, what are you guys going to do about that? If, if that's highlighted to them, then often they'll act on it. Um, otherwise, uh, it's up to the, the shopper to do the due diligence. And how much recourse do you get under Australian consumer law if um, you've purchased something and it doesn't quite match up to the description and you suspect it may be counterfeit? Yeah, another great question. And um, the ACCC is the body that manages that. Um, so anybody who suspects they found a fake product can report it to the ACCC or also to Border Force Australia, which is our customs um, regulator. Um, if it's an imported product, uh, then under the Copyright Act, it's an, infense, uh, it's an offense to knowingly import, uh, possess, sell, distribute or commercially deal with a, a product that infringes copyright. So this would be something like copying a, the logo of a famous brand. Um, penalties include fines up to $117,000 for individuals and $585,000 for companies uh, and also uh, possible uh, imprisonment terms up to five years. So, so that's around the, um, the copyright of a product. In terms of trademark, um, we saw last year, as an example, Penfold's wines um, were being faked after China um, made the move to restrict wines moving into Asia or moving into China then what we found was local producers in those markets started producing copycat products. So Penfolds was a target of that. Under the Trademarks Act, uh, Penfolds uh, have registered their trademark. Um, if somebody falsely applies for that um, to remove or register a, a registered trademark off of a product and then to try and sell that product, um, they can also uh, face up to five years imprisonment and fines up to $99,000. Well, thanks so much for being on the program. Hopefully, you've given some people uh, a bit of a bit of an idea on what to look for when it comes to trying to spot counterfeit goods. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. Wonderful to be with you this morning. Thank you, Steve Eagle, with us, the director of How to Buy Australian Made. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on ninety four point seven The Pulse Mondays and Tuesdays from nine to eleven. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or wherever you get your podcasts.